Scott Harold is known for his interviews. Well, you're asking great questions. I think you're in the right career path, my friend. <laughs> I really do. Scott Harold's SOS Radio podcast starts now. It's funny how few of us grow new friendships by talking about religion and politics, but everybody loves to talk about issues. No one has a problem talking about issues and sharing their opinions. And We're having a conversation with Kathy Lee Gifford today at SWS Radio. How are you? I'm so good. I don't have a problem talking about anything, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I love you. You know, over the years, you have had world leaders come in. You've had educators come in. You've talked with some of the world's biggest celebrities and also people from the faith community. And you notice that people don't have a problem talking about Jesus, even if they have different views of who he is. Our common ground is our sacred ground. And if you really pray in the name of Yeshua and by the power of his Holy Spirit, He will provide a myriad of opportunities for you to share the hope that is within you in him with anybody, the most remotely probable people you would ever suspect are really kind of waiting on us, you know, disciples. You know, we're just, I would say, I'm a really imperfect follower of Jesus. And I said, well, they said, well, you're a Christian. I said, you know what? Followers of Jesus were not called Christians at the beginning. They were called followers of the way. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he is the incarnate image of the Father, sent to personify the love the Father has for all he has created, which he actually created with Jesus before the dawn of time. What upsets me a lot, Scott, and it's really sort of the basis of my work now in this season of my life, is that people, especially in the Western Christian culture, we always separate the Old Testament from the New Testament. It was never meant to be two stories. It's one story. It's not, oh, that's for the Jews and this is for the Christians. No, it's one continuous love story of a Jehovah Elohim who created us and Jehovah Elohim is another name for him and the Messiah who is prophesied so many times in the Old Testament who just physically revealed himself 400 years after Malachi, the last book written in what people call the Old Testament, which I, it's my life's work to say, no, 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 no. It's one beautiful story. You know, it's interesting too, because when you read through the Old Testament of the Bible, you see this phrase time and time again. Well, first off, there's a bunch of different words that we just kind of associate in English for God, which are Hebrew words or even Aramaic and Greek words in the New Testament. But you get into this whole idea of that, you know, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And when you're reading through Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and the stories of the prophets in the Old Testament, when it's talking about the Word of the Lord, the Word of of God, when you see that, you got to ask, is that Jesus or is that something else? <laughs> I think it's both, because think about it. The scripture tells us that God, Jehovah Elohim, spoke the world into existence. So that's a spoken word or uh, the breath of God, the ruach, which is the Hebrew word for it. But other people, other messianic rabbis will say he also sang it into existence. And I I love that imagery, that poetry. I would love people to just go to their Bibles and go, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and nothing was created without Him, you know, all of that stuff. Start in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we use this as a plural, let us make man in our image. And, you know, it's all plural. And so then just immediately go to John, the book of John, centuries later. And John goes, The Word became flesh 
and dwelt among us. That very same word, which was with Jehovah Elohim, was a part of Jehovah Elohim, the Godhead, was Yeshua. And he just shows up because he never left. (laughs) He shows up 400 years after Malachi in physical form because God knew when he created us that we were never going to be able to sustain the perfection of it. He knew we couldn't do it. And I can't do it today. And I've walked with him since I was 12 years old, mostly stumbling, but on a good day walking. So, you know, I get excited about the word of God. And I get excited about how in this world where of canceling people and putting people down and dividing us on racial basis and all those evil, evil things, it's the antithesis of our faith. It's the antithesis of the message Yeshua brought to this world, which was love one another as I have loved you. Love your God with all your heart, soul, might, strength, and everything, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, your neighbor is not your enemy, Scripture says. Your neighbor is also created in the same image of God that you are. And we blaspheme Jehovah Elohim when we do not love everything he has created and everyone. There are very, very many, many, many millions of people on this earth that are hard to love. But Jesus said, no, don't say you love them and then not love them. Don't go out and proclaim that I am love and that you're willing to be love to them. And we are really off course in our Christian world and in the church. And I say the church sort of in general, the kind of church that's built on not the the Greek word meaning movement and a coming together of believers and proclaiming the, the movement of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the church that has somehow morphed through the last couple of centuries into this place where you go and you meet in a building for an hour once a week. That was never God's intention for his church. We are an assembly of believers in movement because the Holy Spirit is constantly in movement. We don't go to sit somewhere unless it's at the feet of Yeshua himself, the great rabbi, and learn his truth. And then sing songs that are based on bad theology that you just heard a sermon that was based on bad theology. And we wonder why we have no power in our lives. You know, there's a powerful question that you can ask anyone, regardless of what they think about God or what they think about politics. And you're talking about issues. We're talking with Kathy Lee Gifford today at Swiss Radio. You sat down with a lot of friends. You sat down with a lot of celebrities and you just asked them all the same question. It's like, what does Jesus look like to you right now? And it was pretty profound what you heard, Kathy Lee. Yes, it was. I would really suggest to everybody listening that they do the same with all the people around them. We tend to separate the secular from the spiritual in our culture. I don't think God ever intended us to. In him, we live and move and breathe and have our very being. That's whether you're going into a person's house as a plumber who loves Jesus, or you're going to fix their electricity as an electrician, or you're working at a, at a local Christian bookstore, or don't separate, sort of start questioning your own self saying, wait a minute, Lord, is that what I do? And so I'll talk Christianese to my Christian friends, but I'm terrified of saying anything (laughs) when I walk into a so-called secular situation. There is no secular situation. It's all God's world. And we're called to go into every corner of it and proclaim his love, not his judgment. We have no right to proclaim his judgment 
We have every right, and we're commanded to proclaim his love and his forgiveness. Every good name we attribute to God is loving kindness, his faithfulness. All the names we attribute to him is what we should be proclaiming. And nobody's going to believe us, Scott, unless we're actually living it by loving them. This book came about because my literary agent is a person on the surface who looks very different from me. He is a male, he's gay, he's Asian, and he grew up as a Buddhist. And what he told me he loved about my last book the most was that he said, I loved the times you talked about talking to Al Pacino sitting in your garden about Jesus. So you talked to Craig Ferguson, my favorite agnostic in the whole world, on a movie set of a movie that you had written for him because you just flat out loved him and he knew it. He said, those were the moments in that book that I went, oh my gosh, this is what the world needs more of. So I think every believer who reads this book should ask themselves, where am I falling down on this, Lord? And I include myself on that. I'm not holding myself up as any paradigm of virtue, believe me. All right, yesterday I was, but today I'm probably not going to be. <laughs> and tomorrow doesn't look good either. <laughs> you know, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be painfully and authentically who we are. We are imperfect followers of our rabbi, Yeshua Jesus. And he loves us with an all-consuming love. And he says, look what I did to prove my love for you, Scott, for you, Kathy, for you, put your name right in there, whoever is listening right now. All I ask, Yeshua says, is that you go in my name out of that love and share it with a world that doesn't know that I love them yet. So I'm so curious what kind of responses you get when you sit down with someone like Megan Kelly or Kevin Costner or Chris Jenner or China Phillips Baldwin, and you're asking them this question flat out. What does Jesus look like to you right now? What I love is that everybody's answer is different, and that's how it should be. I am a big despiser of cookie-cutter Christianity. <laughs> it has too. destroyed the church. you got to study like I do. A lot of Christians around the world think the only divinely inspired version of the Bible is the King James. In actuality, everybody, if you just judge that translation by what the original source material of the Bible is, the Hebrew in, in the Old Testament, I hate to separate the two testaments because it's one story. But anyway, our world understands this verbiage. Like the Old Testament belongs to the Jews somehow, and the New Testament belongs to the Christians somehow. That is totally rotten theology. It's one glorious love story. And we've got to stop thinking about the they and the we. It's us. Everybody, everybody in God's lineage in his history of writing that the story of his church, his believers, his followers, until we start understanding that, we're going to be in the deep, what I call shiitake mushrooms. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a nice way to say crap. <laughs> we're talking with Kathy Lee Gifford today at SWIS Radio. One of the people that you talked to in your new book was actress Christian Chenoweth. And, and she sort of answered this question that you asked about what does Jesus look like to you? And she says, I'm a different kind of missionary. How did that right. thought challenge you? She, well, she and I have a lot in common in that we both. Uh, we're called into the same missionary world, the world of show business. And she, like I, was treated with outright contempt 
I know I was. I'm quite a bit older than Kristen is, but uh, she's a very dear, cherished friend. And I, when I was in the 70s, believed with all my heart that God was calling me into the world of show business. I was ripped by the Christian world for that. How can you call yourself a Christian and be in show business? I used to say, and I knew from the time I was born that that's where God was calling me. And I used to say to them, how can I be in show business where God has called me to be? If I weren't a believer, I'd never survive the rejection. I'd never survive the brutality of it, the sexual abuse of it. I'd never survive a day if I didn't have the calling of the Holy Spirit on my life. And instead of ripping me for it, I would really appreciate you praying for me because it's not going to be easy. And by the grace of God, I stayed on the path and because I, I knew. I've just always known. I wrote a lyric the other day that I'm putting in a, in a song presently. This just says, oh, the ancient blood that flows through me since before the dawn of time through eternity. That ancient Jewish blood in me, which is every Christian, every follower of Yeshua in today's all over the world is grafted into. So when I say that, it's your ancient blood too. And it led to the blood dripping down from the cross for the salvation of all of humankind. And we have an amazing heritage in our Lord. We have an amazing lineage to look back on that includes prostitutes like Rahab, immigrants like Ruth. It's just incredible. The people that God uses in their humanity to proclaim God's divinity. And that's every one of us can be a part of that exciting adventure. People who think that the walk with Yeshua is, is a crutch have never walked one day in his sandals. That is the hardest life we can choose, but there is no life outside of him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And my, my life's work, whatever God gives me in this day or a thousand more days, is to proclaim that to people, not in a way that puts them down, but lifts them up and gives them hope. We all have those turning points in our career where we're like, you know what? I feel like God's doing something and I need to share this, but I might get in trouble with my boss. Now we're talking with Kathy Lee Gifford today at SWS radio and all your years of working in show business. What was that moment where you think of like, okay, I probably will get a call from one of our bosses saying you can't talk about this, but I just feel like God's doing something. And I just got to share it. Do you have a moment? The moment for me was when I was 12 years old. And the first time I asked Yeshua into my heart as a young girl on the cusp of womanhood, and I knew that Jesus spoke to me and said, Kathy, I love you. And if you'll trust me, I'll make something beautiful out of your life. I went forward. I asked him into my heart. I was in a movie theater. And that was the perfect place for me because all I ever (laughs) wanted to be since my earliest memory was in movies and in music and writing. That's what God called me to do. My mission field was not someplace in Africa. And I'm grateful for those that are called to that. My mission field was to that world that he has used me in all these decades. And as a result of it, Scott, millions of people who would never pick up a Bible, would never watch a Billy Graham crusade or any evangelist on a TV show without making fun of them, would never even consider the truth of the Bible because it's seen as a dead 5,000-year-old book, you know, with absolutely no relevance to our world today. I was given the great privilege 
of being in a place where I could say things that those people have never heard before. And perhaps a seed would be sown. And perhaps a light would be ignited in their hearts, a longing for truth. And if they'd watch me, as many people did, for it feels like centuries. It was just decades. <laughs> it often felt like centuries. <laughs> and they would go, you know what? There is, wow, who is she? And how in the world is she getting away with this? Not once in all the 55 years in my career. And that's from the time I first was on a national television show. I'll name that tune. It was 1977. And from that moment on, not one person has ever said to me, you can't say that. You can't say that. And you know what? I really do believe, first of all, I had the favor of the Lord on my life and he protected me. But also I had a boldness that I knew that proclaiming him would never return in void. It would never return void. Uh, It's the greatest uh, guarantee in all of the, the only guarantee in all the world is that, that you proclaim Christ, you proclaim God's truth. It will come back to you in blessing, in blessing. And millions of people have heard the gospel because, because God allowed me and, and privileged me to proclaim it. And everybody that I worked for knew that I never considered them my boss. My attitude was always, okay, if I'm going to get fired, let me be fired proclaiming Jesus. That means he's got another place for me to go and another, uh, another vehicle and another voyage for me to take. Because I am not going to choose the world over him. So good. Well, we're talking with Kathy Lee Gifford today at SWIS Radio. It was such a pleasure talking with you this morning. Thank you, Scott. You too. Lord bless you. Thanks for the work you're doing to proclaim the very same thing in a different arena. We're all in this together, you know. It's the Jesus we know. It's the Jesus we all know in our own personal, individual, custom-made way. It's a beautiful thing to behold. Kathy Lee Gifford's new book, The Jesus I Know, Honest Conversations and Diverse Opinions About Who He Is, releases November the 30th. Thank you so much. And God bless you, my friend and brother. You're clear to go. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion, give it a five-star rating in your app store. The way the technology works, your ratings really help spread the word.